February 16, 2023. We're in Masechet Beza and Af Vav Amud Aleph. If you count from the bottom of the Amud up, it's ten lines up in the middle of the line. Says the Gemara Itma. Uh, the following discussion uh, took place in the Midrash. Itmar Efroach Shenolad Biyom Tob. We're not dealing any longer specifically with a Beza Shenolad Biyom Tob, an egg which was born on Yom Tob, but rather the egg was there and it's just that a, a chick was hatched out of it on Yom Tob. Is that chick permitted or is it prohibited? Rava Marasur Ushmuel Viitemar Biyohanan Amar Mutar. Rav's opinion is immediately clear. He's arguing this is an issue of mukseh. This chick was not in existence when we entered into the day of Yom Tov, what we call Ben Hashem Ashot. And in turn, as a result of its birth right now, it's off bounds. You're not allowed to derive any benefit, not allowed to eat from it. The Biohanan's opinion that he permits the egg uh, when it's a uh, chick is born out of it, well, that's a little bit surprising. What happened to the halakha of mukseh? As we mentioned yesterday, it could be that Rabbi Yohanan would just maintain that, uh, that mukseh is mutar. Alternatively, the Gemara will argue that even if mukseh, generally speaking, is prohibited, maybe this case is for one reason or another permitted. And that's what the Gemara will deal with. Ravamar asur muksehu. The fact that Rav maintains the chick which is born on Yom Tov is asur, is uh, prohibited to eat. Uh, that's uh, somewhat clear. It's a rabbinic, in action, uh, a rabbinic uh, uh, prohibition in which they uh, state that if a matter is not prepared in advance for the day, that's how we want the person's mind with regards to preparing for both Shabbat and Yom Tov, then the item will not be permitted not to eat, not to benefit. Asur, Ushmuel, Vitemar, Biochanan, Amar Mutar. Why is it that Shemuel, or maybe it's the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, maintained that the Efroach, the chick which is born on Yom Tov, is permitted? Ho'il umatir asmo bashehita. Because ultimately speaking, the same way the chick or mother will or would be permitted through slaughtering, they're not allowed to be eaten without being slaughtered. Uh, so too, with regards to that slaughter, the mindset of the person is, so to speak, on the entirety of this object, of the mother, of the egg, of the chick that will be born from it. And in turn, the understanding is that by slaughtering it, you to a certain extent removed any issue of mukseh. It's a little difficult to understand how the matter of mukseh was solved through the slaughtering, but that's the suggestion of the Gemara for Shemuel v'itemar Biohanan. Again, the slaughtering solved that rabbinic issue called mukseh, just as slaughtering solves the issue of eating from a living organism, from an animal which is alive. You slaughter it, it becomes permitted. So too, in one way or another, it solves mukseh. Amar le rav it was a step. No. Since it will be or has the opportunity, possibility of becoming mutar bishhita, it was, so to speak, not mukseh initially. Right? In other words, since there's the possibility down the line of that, it means, to put it in our terminology, my mind was on it already. And the egg? The egg doesn't have the same reality. You're not slaughtering an egg. Of course, it's a shechita. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a smaller neck, but you're still slaughtering it. This is not in the mikdash. We're not doing milika. In other words, you're doing shechita on it. Says the Gemara, Amar le Rav Kahana, Rav le Rav. There's a challenge now of Rav. Again, Rav maintained isur. 
Rav explained that the Efroh Shenolad Biyom Tov is a problem of Mukseh. That the challenge of Rav Kahana and Rav Aseh to Rav in turn goes like this. Vichi, ma ben shenolad biyom tob? Question mark. Why is it that apparently, and as I mentioned, we'll see a beraita on Amut Bet, it's a beraita later on in the Masechet, everybody agrees that if there's an egel, a calf, which is born on Yom Tob, it's permitted for consumption. There's no questioning that. For one reason or another, everybody agrees in such a circumstance permitted. Of course, Rav Aseh and Rav Kahana's mindset is, the reason that it's permitted is, the fact that the egel, the calf is born and has the possibility of slaughtering it, means that the calf at its inception, at the very beginning of its birth, is already not considered mukseh. How do you distinguish between an egel, a calf which is born, albeit without an egg that surrounds it, and a chick which is born from the egg on Yom Tov. Why would you distinguish? Rav, how could you maintain at the same time that an egel shenolad biyom tov is mutar ba'achila and a efroach shenolad biyom tov alternatively is asur ba'achila? Amar lehu, responds Rav, there's a basic difference. When it comes to an egel, when it comes to the calf, the reason it's permitted, the reason we don't imagine it and assume that it's mukseh, ho'il umuchan agav Imo b'shechita. He says, when it comes to an egel, explains Rav, the fact that the mother at the very beginning, entering into Yom Tov, is mutar b'shechita. I look at that mother, what's that, a para, and I say to the mother, I say about the mother, I can slaughter this mother. What's inside the mother? There's a calf, of course. The calf hasn't emerged yet. By slaughtering the mother on, Erev, on, on Yom Tov, I in turn, at any point for that matter, I can then just eat the calf, which is inside the mother. This is the halakha, gimaran, masechet, cholin, and daf'ayin dalid. According to hachamim, like whom we are posek, the halakha ben pekua, which means to say, if there's an animal, any kosher animal, and I slaughter the animal and then find or know inside of it a calf, a baby of that animal, I don't need to slaughter the baby animal. The baby animal is permitted for consumption, of course you have to kill it, but you eat from that baby animal as a result of the slaughtering of the mother. Uh, what's the uh, reasoning for that? As Rashi fills out the details over here in the next Dibura Matchil, it's because the uh, calf is considered as Yerech Imo. We consider the Ubar, the uh, growth, the alcohol come of the animal as just the, uh, the uh, thigh of the animal, which means to say, just like the thigh is a part of the animal, so to the baby inside. And therefore, since I slaughtered the mother, the baby doesn't need to be slaughtered. The baby was just a part of the mother. Therefore, the statement of Rav goes as follows. When it comes to the calf, when I looked at the mother entering into the day, I said, you know, I might slaughter this mother. I'm interested in slaughtering this mother. As a result of saying I'll slaughter this mother, it means in my, my mindset, I'm slaughtering the child as well. I'm not physically doing so, but as an extension of the mother, entering Yom Tov, he's not out of the mother. Entering Yom Tov, it's not out of the mother. My mindset is I'm going to slaughter the mother, which means that the child is slaughtered as well. It means it's not mukseh as a result, right? So it's born. Yes, I need to now slaughter the child, but it means my mindset was on it entering the day. Why was it on it entering the day? Because it was on the mother. And this is an extension of the mother. Just give it a second. That's with regards to the egel. The egel being an extension of the mother because we have such a halakha called ubar yerechimo that by slaughtering the mother I have ben pikua, I have the, the outgrowth of it being the child. I don't need to slaughter because the slaughtering would have been on the child itself.
by extension, we therefore state it's not mukseh. That's in contrast to the egg which comes forth from the chicken. The egg which came forth from the chicken, entering the day, there was an egg and there was a mother. Entering the day, the egg, there's no such thing as I'll slaughter the egg and in turn the chick will be permitted. We don't slaughter eggs, we don't eat eggs in such a fashion. As a result, my mindset entering the day was not per se, on what will come out of this. That's what we'll call, no, that's what we'll call mukseh in such a circumstance. I can't... We're not talking about eating an egg over here. No, I'm not sure. Then why would the egg be mukseh? Because then you say, I'll slaughter the chicken, and I'll get the egg, and therefore the egg is part of the mother, and by slaughtering the chicken, you didn't permit the egg per se. There's no such thing. You never needed to slaughter an egg. All right, you might recall we learned about this. We talked about this. Uchlad Ifrat, that was in fact part of if it was a Tanigolita Omedit La Achila, we said it would be considered Uchlad Ifrat. I mean, that's that's. But over here, it's even more than that. Over here, the slaughtering of the mother is quote-unquote, in a halachic sense, the slaughtering of the child itself. It's a part of it. It is the same thing. As a result, in our context, you have no uh, way of comparing that response, Rav, to the uh, betza, to the efrosh, and olad min betza. So again, answers Rav, amar lehu, five lines from... True, but even if it is clear, it's still not. It's still not in existence, and in turn, I can't imagine it says Rav as a matter which is not considered mukseh. Amarle who says Rav the difference between the egel and the efroach shenolad biyom tobes ho'il umuchan agav imo b'shechita. The egel would be and is permitted if slaughtered. Uh, the mother while it's inside and in turn not considered mukseh. That's not so when I'm dealing with an egg and the chick which is hatched from it. Says the Gemara or says Rav Kahana and Rav Aseh, but Rav, you haven't solved the, solved the mission yet. You haven't yet figured this one entirely out because your claim is that specifically and only in a circumstance where if I were to slaughter the mother, the child would be permitted in that circumstance if the child is born on Yom Tob, so it's permitted. What about in a situation where if entering Yom Tob, if in any circumstance the mother would not permit the child? Do you have such a thing with cows and calves? Of course you do. This is where we left off yesterday. Terefa refers to an animal which is has a blemish, has a physical blemish which will lead to its uh, imminent death. And there's a list of them that the Hachamim have with regards to the specific ailments or uh, uh, blemishes uh, internally or even some externally with regards to this animal will not live out more than 12 months. Therefore, the Halakha with regards to the mother is the mother's not permitted even with a beautiful shechita for consumption. If I were to slaughter the mother and find a child inside, the child is not permitted. The slaughtering needed to be done on an animal which by extension it's yerech, so to speak, its thigh is permitted. If the mother's not permitted, the child wouldn't be permitted as well. And yet, would you know it, the halakha is, if I on Yom Tov, and I have my terefa, I have the animal, I've told everyone, we're not slaughtering that animal, we can't eat from that animal. Mabruk b'mazaltov, it gave birth to an egel. What's the halakha with regards to that egel? Again, the halakha is the egel's permitted for consumption, I'm allowed to eat it. 
Rav, why are you allowed to eat it? Your whole rationale for telling me that the reason the, the reason I'm allowed to eat from the child, from the egel, is because entering Yom Tov, I looked at the mother and I said, oh, I could slaughter the mother, and in turn the child will be permitted without me even slaughtering it. But over here it's not so. By slaughtering the mother, this child, this egel, never would have been permitted. So why am I allowed to eat from this egel? Why am I allowed to slaughter and eat this egel? Clearly, Rav, we don't consider these circumstances to be ones of mukseh. We don't understand it as you did, and in turn, an egel shenolad min ha should be just like our efroach shenolad min ha In each of the circumstances entering into the day, well, my mindset might be to a certain extent on them. Is it fully on them? It's enough on them for me to say, ho'il umatir asmo b'shehita, the fact that I'll slaughter it down the line at some point, it's not considered mukseh. Again, the challenge to Rav is based on what you gave us, based on your instruction manual with regards to why the egel is permitted. Why is it permitted? It's permitted because of the mother. What about if the mother is not permitted? Well, then the egel shouldn't be permitted, but it is permitted. You see? It's not sure, an issue of sure mukseh. And, and that's when it's not permitted. But if it's born on its own, it's permitted? It's sure, sure. Because the animal itself is not terefa. The mother was terefa. It's not terefa. And if it's born to naturally on Yom Tov, permitted. That's right. And we turn to Rav and we say, how's that so? No, you could. You just need to slaughter the child now. You just just can't eat the the child. Same thing you do. If you killed an animal, not the right way. And it has a child inside. You take that child and slaughter it or raise it and slaughter it? Absolutely. Because again, the idea of saying I slaughtered the mother and by extension I slaughtered the child doesn't mean that I can't physically now appropriately slaughter the child. And a child which is born to a blemished mother doesn't mean that the child is blemished in that respect. Is it generally able to kill the mother? No, not necessarily. What do you mean? No, it got to a gestation stage. It's already, you know, it's, it's seconds or minutes or days until it comes out. The child or the uh, mother? Yeah. So when you know sure the egg is out of your mind, you slaughter it? No. You can always stand in front of the fourth slaughter? Yeah. Why? Why don't you? Yeah. yeah. Or, or you somehow saw it. You know, you see the way it's acting. If you know it's a terrified, then it's definitely out of your mind because you won't kill the mother for the... And amazingly, and amazingly, Nathan, the egel is still permitted. Why? Since. So you didn't expect to get it. I knew that. I knew, I knew that. It's just as much as the betza with the Efroa Hanoladbo, my mindset is on it enough because I know that I could slaughter when it comes out, so to over here. I understand. I understand your claim for Rav. I mean, you could just put your Rav hat on now. But Rabbi Yohanan's statement, his counter statement is, The Sevara is a little difficult, but ultimately speaking, that's his claim. Your mindset is enough on it with regards to the fact that if it were to come out, I could slaughter it. And the same way slaughtering permits something which is not a reality beforehand, so to Mukseh. What? That's the halakha with regards to Rabbi Yohanan. No, no, we're going to be... I know it's pregnant. I know that the terefah is pregnant. Yes. The terefah itself. Yes. Yes. So, Rabbi, if your mind is on the chicken, the egg is okay to eat because you're on the chicken. 
the egg came out on Yom Tov? No, we're talking about the chick over here. Right, but you're thinking about the chicken from a week ago. And your mindset was what on the chicken? It was that it's, you're going to that eat, you're gonna, that you're gonna eat the chicken. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what the Gemara already told. Right. right. So now you're going to eat the chicken, but the egg is a chick. It's no good. According to Rav, the chick, which is born from the egg, yes, is worse than when I had mindset on the chicken to eat it, and the uh, and the egg came out. Because again, the egg I imagine as an extension of the mother. The chick, I don't say, is an extension of the of the egg of the egg. It's a harder sell in that respect. Anyway, says the Gemara over here. Okay, again, so they challenge Rav Kanan Rav Asay Uma Benze Leegel Shenolad Minatirefa. Says the Gemara Shatik Rav Rav was silenced. He was quiet. It sounds like it appears as if he didn't have an appropriate response. He wasn't able to sufficiently answer this question. Rav, who maintains that Efroach Shenolad Min Asur Mishum couldn't defend the difference between the Efroach, the chick, and the Egil Hanolad Min Haterefa. No. Why are you slaughtering it? It's Mukse. That's right. The egg, and that's why Rav is challenged. You know, you know that you can't eat the mother. You can't slaughter. Can't touch the mother. The child, you can, and so too over here. The betzai, not doing much with, but the egg, the the chick, you should be able to. Why don't we? Stop? You're not off there. Where was he so? I didn't do a chitan the terefa. Saying since you couldn't, keep in mind that was my answer to Stanley earlier as well. It doesn't need to be that you slaughtered the mother. It's that since you could slaughter the mother, my mindset is altered to the extent that the child as well is part of entering the day thought. Right? Says the Gemara over here. Amar Rabbah Yosef. Why is it? Uh, one rabbi expressed this to the other, Rabbah or Rav Yosef. Why is it that Rav was quiet? He could have answered this. We'll answer it for him. We'll distinguish between the Egel Shenolad Min Terefa and the Efroach Shenolad Min HaBetza Beyom Tov. He should have answered, or he could have answered, Ho'il Umuchan Agav Imo Kelabim. Kelabim, of course, uh, Kelev is a, is a dog. Uh, the understanding in turn goes like this. Entering Yom Tov, let's first deal with the betza, which has in it an efroah. I enter the day, it's ben Hashem Ashot, I'm looking at my chicken coop, I'm taking stock of what I have. I don't say to myself, well, I have an egg and inside it there's a potential chick. Let me think about the fact that what I can use that for. The u- potential usage of that is, well, maybe dogs will eat from it. I don't think like that. I wouldn't imagine. That's not what my mindset, that's not on my mind. I'm on my, on my landscape of vision with regards to what the chick and an egg would be used for. Alternatively, we've been talking about this terefa, we've been talking about this uh, old Betsy, which is on her last days. When I look at that uh, cow on its last days, I say, you know what, I'll use this for if it dies, when it dies, I'm going to feed it to the dogs. I'll use it as something else, as fodder for animals which don't need to be eating kosher. As a result of that, suggests Rabbi Marav Yosef, as a result of my mindset entering the day on the mother, the mother itself could and will be used potentially for my dogs. It will be used for something. 
that in turn says that the egil, by extension, the calf which is born, is permitted as well. Since the mother would be and could be used for feeding fodder and uh, mealtime for my dogs, I say that uh, by extension, the egil which comes forth for it was never muqseh, it was never fully out of my mind. That again, in contrast to the egg and the chick, I never had such a mindset. I'll pause for a second, one second. You're telling me, and the answer is yes, you're telling me, that's right, you're telling me the egil, the calf, which we're serving for lunch on Yom Tob, for my family, was permitted because my mindset entering the day with regards to its mother is that I'll feed it to my dogs. The answer says Rav, or says the Gemara for Rav, absolutely. Whoa, that's going to be the line in a moment. The fact that it was in my mind, a perception that I'll use this, even though I'm using it potentially for my animals, that means it was on my mind. It's on my mind, and by extension, it was on my mind for my consumption. That's an amazing thing. You know, I, I, I only say that in the moment because, you know, it's, it's almost as if, you know, the absurdum is I'll go take a look at, I don't know, bird food or, or uh, what's called fish food. You're telling me that sort of thing in any way you associate with the food that you put in your mouth? The only, there's one time a year we ever ask that sort of question, it's Pesach. We never talk about dog food or about fish food or about bird food as if it's human food. Yeah, I have a mind, sure. It's a very narrow and clear distinction. It's in my mind for that, not by extension from the suggestion here for Rav. And we understand why Rav may have kept quiet is the fact that the mother was not totally out of, out of sight, out of mind. The mother Mother would be and could be used as food for my animals. The child, in turn, is permitted for me to consume. I don't consider that as mukse entering the day. Amar le malehu, two lines from the bottom. Ho'ilu muhan agavimo leklavim. Amar le abaye, abaye responds in turn, says, "Whoa, one second." You're telling me if I have mindset entering the day, maybe in my subconscious, but in my mindset, this animal is not out of bounds because I might feed it to my animals. It in turn is permitted for human beings, if I determine it as such because the eagle is born from it. I know on the flip side, the opposite direction is not so. What do you mean the opposite direction? If there's food stuff that in my mind was for human beings entering the day of Yom Tov, and I change my mind for one reason or another, I want to feed it to my animals, mutar asur, we're going to say asur. Wait, you're telling me that, again, my mindset, oh, I saw that for argument's sake, that piece of steak was going to be for the family. I can't feed it to my animals. I'm going a little far in describing it as such. But it means we don't, cross, we don't cross over that boundary of animal food and human food with regards to mindset entering the day. So if with regards to a human food, you're going to tell me, we're going to prove it in a moment, muhan le'adam, lo have muhan le'behemah. You tell me alternatively, muhan behema, something which was in my mind potentially a food for my animals. It's muhan adam, the egel's permitted. Hashda, and says Abaya, wait a second, muhan adam, lahave muhan klavim. Foodstuffs, which we'll talk about in a moment, which are prepared in my mind, in my general perspective, entering the day for human beings in some circumstance, won't and can't be transferred to animal food. Uh, you, you, you're in turn going to tell me that animal food could be transferred in some way or fashion to human food with regards to Mukseh Ditnan. We have the following Mishnah, which we referenced earlier in the Masechet already. Mehatechinatadeluin lifnehabehemavetanelvela lifnehakelabim. 
Now, first, first part of this uh, double statement is not our relevance, uh, not relevant to us, but mentioned uh, nonetheless. You know what? Hard gourds of some sort. Am I right about that? It's a, it's a food for animals, but it's hard. So in order to cut it, again, it's not that it's connected to the ground. It's already detached from the ground. But in order to cut it, it takes a lot of exertion. I guess you need a strong knife. You need a powerful arm. You need, in order to cut it, it's not a simple task. Maybe that's considered what's called on Shabbat, on Yom Tov, we have certain prohibitions with regards to overexerting yourself. That's a hard statement. Uh, overexerting for Alan Mallow is very different than for me. You know, in other words, I, if I walk down the block, that's for him, uh, you know, and so forth. In other words, okay, that's an important conversation, distinction, which is never made fully clear by the Hachamim, we struggle with that. But the statement nonetheless is, in terms everyone will rest assured, we don't consider it tehayetera. If it's going to be food for the animals, even though it takes a lot of effort, permit it. But the next part is the important part, for our purposes. If an animal becomes nevela, nevela means it dies on the day, Shabbat. By extension, Tosafot suggests over here, Yom Tov. If it dies on the day, what's the status? Um, Entering the day of Shabbat, it was an animal, a live animal. I can't use that for anything. But it died on the day. Entering the day, if anything, who would eat from it? Me. I'm not giving it to my animal. I have a beautiful big piece of a, a big uh, cow. Um, I could eat from this. I could feed my family. I could have steak uh, meals for the rest of the week. Uh, however, now it dies. Now I want to feed it to my dogs. Am I permitted to feed it to my dogs? What's the halakha according to Tanaka Mauvir? It's permitted. This opinion is specifically and only because it does not maintain this opinion, the Isur of Mukseh. Rabbi Yehuda, who is our rabbi, who proclaims Mukseh, whom we seem to be following throughout. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Imlo hayeta nevela me'erev Shabbat asura lefi she'eno mina mukhan. Says the, says, the, says the Mishnah over here, says in contrast, Rabbi Yehuda's opinion on that second case is, again, I'm entering into the day, there's a potential 25, I don't know how many steaks you get from a cow, many steak sandwiches. I look at that cow, I say, listen, in the meantime, we'll get some milk, we'll get some this, we'll get some that, but ultimately speaking, we'll eat from this. But it'll be me, you, my wife, your wife, and our families, we'll get together and we'll have a delicious cow. That's my mindset entering Shabbat, entering Yom Tov. Uh, the, the cow passes away. It does Shema Yisrael, what a loss of money. But I could still use it for something. Uh, let's call Bingo in. Let's call the other dog. Let's feed the dogs with it. That permitted, says Rabbi Yudai, you're not allowed to. Why not? Because the Hachana from before Shabbat, from before Yom Tov, had the mindset of human beings. You can't now transfer that to animals. That's Mukseh. Says the Gemara, says Abaye, wait a second. You were telling me a moment ago, put this in full picture view over here. You told me for Rav that since entering the day, the terefa, the animal which was going to die, which wasn't permitted for human, human consumption. But truthfully, we were going to feed it to the animals. We were going to feed it potentially whenever the dogs were ready and it died. We would feed it to them. That's not mukse. And as a result, what's born from it, I can slaughter. It's not considered to be mukse. <laughs> you have a case where it was something that I had in mind for me to eat. I can't can't even feed that to my dog. So again, the statement at the top of the page, Now you're telling me that the halakha and the Mishnah tells us, Rabbi Yudah, who maintains mukseh, something that was prepared in my mind for human consumption. You're going to tell me beyond that. 
‫ואתה מוכן לכלבים ולזמותה לאדם, ‫ותנן מחתכין את הדלויים ‫לפני הבהמה ואת הנבלה לפני הכלבים. ‫רבי יהודה אומר, ‫אם לא הייתה נבלה, ‫גם ה-word נבלה means dead, corpse. ‫אם לא הייתה corpse, ‫היא הייתה אנטרינג שבת, ‫אנטרינג באקסטנשן יום טוב, ‫זה הדבר שאתם רואים, ‫כמו תוספות, ‫מערב שבת, ‫אסורה לפי שאינה מן המוכן. ‫מוכן לכלבים? ‫הווה מוכן לאדם? I can in turn eat from the baby that's born from it. Amale, the response for Rav goes as follows. Absolutely yes. In, yes sir. Mukhan la adam lohave mukhan le klavin. When it comes to something that's prepared for human beings, in my mind, I never imagine this cow I'm going to give to my dog. No, that's not my mindset. I say, this cow is fine meat. I say, that, I see many steak sandwiches. I don't think about bingo in that context. I'll give bingo whatever he or she needs on another occasion. We'll find her the proper food. Oh, this piece of meat, this, this, this living piece of meat, this is for the family. In, indeed, mukhan adam lovim, mukhan leklavim. Demaita hazele li'inish, lashadele leklavim. Anything that's appropriate, hazem means appropriate, raui, for human consumption, I'm not going to give that to my animals. As much as dog is man's best friend in some uh, circles, uh, it's nonetheless, uh, it's not really true, it was once I did see in a restaurant that put it at a table, nonetheless you don't put it at the table generally speaking. It's got its little uh, bowl on the side. As much as you're walking through the streets with it and not uh, putting it in the seat in the car, in the front seat instead of your spouse or instead of you. It's still a dog. It's still on a lower platform than the person. And as a result, foodstuffs is the same. If I have good food that's prepared potentially for a human being or an animal, I'm doing it for the human being. In contrast, if there's something that's potentially, all right, I had in mind for the dogs. I know I said to you earlier, I can't really imagine this. And I can't, I'm telling you the honest truth, because I think about food for animals as bird food and fish food and, uh, I don't know, those pre-packaged, uh, commercialized food for animals, uh, for dogs. But ultimately speaking, if there is a possibility under some circumstance where the food was for an animal, but I can raise its level and somehow I can consume it, uh, it's not out of state, out of mind. I don't imagine in such a circumstance I'm wasting it. I'm rather elevating it. You understand the difference? Because our mindset as human beings is anything that's appropriate for us to eat. You're telling me there's health benefits to eat uh, fish food and it's kosher? Sign me up for it. Are uh, you telling me that for my diet it'll help having bird food? I'm, I'm going to eat from it. But it's bird food. All right. But it's hazelinish. If it's good for me and it's kosher, that's... Not really, but that's what some people are going to be doing. And such stuff, that's the statement here in the Gemara. So the distinction. The fact that the food is dependent for humans, that means it's too high to go down to dogs. Right. Lower status. Is it? I mean, I, I'm trying to sell it. I'm, that's what we're saying. I'm trying to sell it. I'm trying to sell it as such that the higher status a food is, the more I say, there's no chance I'm giving no, this to my animals. Only on Yom Tov and Shabbat. But something that's for animals, you say... Yes, Yom Tov and Shabbat, Alan. But it's a general, it's a general thought. And how do I know what your mindset was entering Shabbat or Yom Tov? It's what your general mindset is. So if I look at the cow, my general mindset is, it's for human beings. I'm not giving that to an animal. Should it die, I'll give it to an animal? Sure, but that's not on my mind. And the fact that someone's going to go to the animal, even when you have a tow cow... 
but not the steak, not the uh, not the thighs, not the I don't know whatever. Going, you know Appa- apparently not sufficient. Good point though. So well, Jeffrey says ultimately speaking, the parts that are you're not going to eat from on that animal, you are going to give to another. Not sufficient because we're talking about the parts that you're going to eat. You have chicken skin, you don't eat it. You take it off the chicken, you're not allowed to feed it to the dog? You, uh, no. Over there it's permitted because, again, you're, yeah. you haven't, it's prepared for you already. In other words, over here it's that you no longer can eat it. It transformed into only an animal food, whether the permissibility or not. All right, that's the suggestion of the Gemara. All right, says the Gemara, just for our purposes concluding this, even though we'll talk a little bit more about it. Tanya Kavate de Rav, Tanya Kavate de Shmuel. There's, uh, when the Gemara has these sorts of lines, you sigh uh, a, a certain sigh of relief because you can let it. And so the Gemara says, right, listen, both Rav and Shemuel, the two opinions who have been, for our purposes, duking it out, fighting one with the other throughout, what's the status, the halachic status of the Ifrosh? What's the halacha? So Rav said Asur, Shemuel said Mutan. Rav said Asur because of Mukseh Shemuel, Vitemar Biohanan said it's permitted. Why? So it's Gemara Tanya Kavat. We have a beraita which accords with each of those two opinions. What's a beraita? It's written at the same time of the Mishnah, but it wasn't included in the corpus known as Mishnah. It's the same rabbis, same time period, same bate midrash, but not included there. So when we have the Mishnah, the Mishnah doesn't help us out with regards to a specific law. We try to figure it out. Rav takes a stab at it this way. Shemuel in a different different direction. Now says the Gemara. By the way, guess what we found? We looked into our records. We spoke to the archive experts and they came forth and there's one beraita which accords with Rav. Rav gets very excited. You see, I told you I was right. And then the Gemara, oh, wait a second. Shemuel v'yitemar b'yohanan, we have one like him as well. And we're going to leave it at that. We're not now going to challenge it further. Says the Gemara, Tanya kavateh de Rav, Tanya kavateh de Shmuel v'yitemar b'yohanan, Tanya kavateh de Rav. The first presentation is the beraita which directly accords with statement of Rav. What did Rav tell us? Asur the Efroah. Egel shenolad biyom tov. On the one hand, the egel, if the calf is born on yom tov, mutar. Efroach shenolad biyom tov. Asur explains the beraita. What's the difference between the calf and the chick? My hefresh ben zelizet ze muchana gavimo bishchita veze eno muchana gavimo. Says the beraita. It's exactly what we suggested earlier on the page on the amud aleph. The difference is by with regards to the calf. Egel is ubar yerechimov. You slaughter the animal. By extension, the calf would be permitted. As a result, my mindset was on it, as opposed to the chick from the uh, from the egg. No such concept. Tanya kavate de Shmuel v'yitemar biyohanan. However, Shmuel and those who claim that maybe this was the opinion of biyohanan, he as well has a beraita which he can hang his hat on, which he can point to and say, "You see, I have earlier precedents with regards to my opinion." Egel shenolad biyom tov mutar. And everybody maintains that that's accepted by all. If you have a calf which is born on Yom Tov, you can slaughter it and enjoy it, have it for a, a delicious fresh meal. But even according to this beraita, the chick which is born on Yom Tov, mutar. Why should it be permitted? Isn't it a problem known as mukseh? The difference between the two is with regards to the egel, indeed, it's because the slaughtering of the mother would be considered like a slaughtering of the child. But beyond that, the betza, the efroach shenolad, it's matirat asmo b'shchita, as difficult a svara logic to wrap our heads around as it was in the context of Shimuel v'yitemar b'yohanan. We have an explicit beraita which states, so the reason the efroach, the chick which is born from the betza and Yom Tov is permitted is somehow the fact that I can slaughter, and it wouldn't be permitted for consumption before the slaughtering, with regards to it being a live organism, that as well, the slaughtering itself in my 
my mind somehow entering into the day made the stature and status of this Beitzah with the Efroch inside of it, the chick according to this opinion is permitted. It would be Yohanan I know you don't like anything. No, but you just switched up on us. Don't eat chicks. Once upon a time, apparently they did. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen.